guys, welcome. Good morning. Welcome to GSM. We're super glad that you're here. Hey, here's what I noticed. There's a lot of people standing in the back, so go ahead and squeeze in for me. Get close to a neighbor. If you're not coming up to worship, just go ahead and squeeze in so that those people can find seats easily. And as you do that, i got a couple things um, I want to let you guys know about that is coming up um, in GSM and what we're doing. The first thing, I know I've announced it a couple times, this is the last time that I'll announce is for seniors um, for our passion conference that we're going to. Um, November 1st, we're opening up to young adults. And so if you want to go, I want to see you there. Um, it's going to be an absolute great time. I guarantee you that you will come back an incredible fan of the person of Jesus because of what happens at this conference. And so seniors, um, if you're interested, talk to me. Um, we're going to Washington, D.C. Um, with or without you, but we hope that you are with us as we go there on the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of January. Um, the other thing we have for you guys, um, our community group for this week is going to be at the West Falls in Hartville. Uh, make sure you show up 6.30 to 8 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, bring a friend who's not a part of this community so that they can get to know um, each and every one of us. Um, the last thing uh, that I have, or a couple other things. Hey, if here's, here's what I need. Hey, if you're an artist, like if you are an artist and God has given you the ability to um, create, um, I need your help. And so if you are an artist, if you are able to draw or to paint, or to throw something on a canvas that is artistic, please let me know because I need you for an upcoming series that we're doing um, early next year. And so if you're an artist, please let me know. I would love to utilize the gifts that God has given you um, for that. And then the last big thing we have for everyone is All In is coming up the 16th, 17th, and 18th of November. Hey, registration is only open for a couple more weeks and we have limited spots available but we want you guys to join us. So far, we've got about 60 signed up, and so we want you to be a part of that. Um, as, as we go to Camp Round Lake, it's going to be a ton of fun, a great time where we can come together and you can grow together. The last thing I have, Emily uh, has an announcement for you ladies, um, and it involves free coffee. So if you like Starbucks, pay attention. Sorry, guys. No coffee for you. Um, I last year made this announcement a handful of times, Coffee with Carmen. Um, the last round of Coffee with Carmen is this Saturday from 9.30 to 11 in the atrium. Um, it is a morning that we get to get together with ladies. Um, raise your hand if you went last year, girls. Yes, Donovan and Trey, of course. Um, so here's the thing. What I know is that you guys are, like you're high school now. But you are moving into a time where it's kind of awkward because you're going to be college and you're women, but you're still a student. Um, and it's really important that you guys start to connect with a women's ministry. We're going to be talking um, with all, a handful of pastor's wives this weekend. And if you want free coffee, show up at Starbucks between 9 and 9.15 over in green. And I'll get you a coffee before we come over here. So this weekend, 9.30 or 9.15 at Starbucks. Thanks.
past February, um, if you guys don't know me, I'm Bree. Um, I'm a freshman. This past year, I was in middle school, um, and I go to Jackson. Um, this past February, there were some really scary things going on in schools, I'm sure you all are aware. Um, and this song came to me um, from a very, very dear to my heart family, and um, they just spoke this into me, and they spoke this truth into me, that we are the sons, and we are the daughters of God, and that we are His, and we are chosen. And I just want to express that to you guys, like, that is so important in your faith that you know that you are a son and you are a daughter of the one true king. Would you guys sing this next song with me?
Father, I just thank you for this wonderful, beautiful morning you've given us, and um, I thank you for Jamie, Lord, as she comes and speaks up here, that she can just tell us a little bit about herself and her story, and uh, that you can, that it be her words, not yours, and that you can just be with her, and just open up our eyes and our ears to see the truth, and to hear what she wants us to hear, and what you put in her heart, Lord, in your name, amen. Um, The offering people, ushers, will, you know, do that. Shine me 
something trick you move up all right let's pray first with some prayer <laughs> lord jesus i just want to say thank you so much for today thank you for saving me thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about you to point people to you i pray that you would take this broken mess um, and use it lord for your glory and that each one of us would be um, convicted and challenged, encouraged by your word, and to leave here different. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, good morning. How's everybody? My name's Jamie Fuller, and I work here part-time at the church as a servant coordinator. I work with volunteers, so I know a lot of your faces. Um, I also lead an awesome group of freshman girls from my freshman at. Woo! Yeah, so um, that, and I've been married, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, been married for 20 years to John Paul Fuller, sitting in the back there, a rock, my second rock, um, and we have three kids, we have Chloe, Claire, and Jack, 
Um, I came to Christ when I was around 20 years old, and I've been growing in my relationship with him since then, praise God. Um, and the greatest way that he has done that has been through his word. Um, I was one of the only Christians, really, the only Christian in my family, and so um, he gave me a love for his word. As I began to, I believed in him, I began to walk with him, and I just fell in love with it. And so I am so humbled and super excited um, and very nervous to be here today to talk to you guys about his word, about the Bible. So first, um, and also just to talk about his goodness today, we're talking about goodness and um, what that means, what the Bible says about it, what it means for us. I'm going to get used to that. So, but first, let's go over the verse we've been reviewing. We're, we're moving through the fruit of the Spirit. So if we can get that up there. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to do this. I've been super excited. So I need my volunteers to come up here. Quick. Every time we read this scripture, I'm so sad that we don't do this. So, if you don't know this, we're going to teach you, okay? We're going to have a little fun first. I've structured fun. So, it's, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Oh, gentleness and so, no, that's not right. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. You guys know the hand jive? Let's do it one more time with us. Sing it loud. Sing it proud. Ready? Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, gentleness and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, gentleness and self-control. Woo! Thank you, volunteers. You guys rock. All right. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. All right, that was fun. <laughs> All right, so I've freed myself to look at my notes, so bear with me if I, if I get lost. But a few months ago, a few months back, Ryan mentioned to me that we would be going through a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and he asked me to pray if I would be interested in sharing. And so I prayed about it. I thought about it a lot. And I do some of my best thinking when I go out running. So I was running um, at Goodyear Metropolitan Park, Claire was having cross-country practice, and I was there tagging along, and I ran up the hill, and I got to the top of the hill, and I thought, I think I could do that. I, I'd like to do that. I think I'll, I'll share on self-control. And almost immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit, like in my heart, say, no, it's goodness. And so, like, I, I don't know. I, like, never really studied that in depth, and so, okay. So I told Ryan I was in, and at that time, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But as time has passed, um, and I've been studying and praying, it's become pretty clear to me why I'm the one here today to talk about this part of the fruit of the Spirit, and I'll share that with you. But first, um, open up your Bibles, if you've got your Bible with you, to the book of Genesis. Not hard to find, right in the beginning? Okay? So here we see uh, the beautiful story of creation. In the first few chapters, um, we see God make the sky and the sea, the moon, the stars, the fish, the birds, the animals, and every time it's like, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And then he makes the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve, 
and he says, it was very good. And then he places two trees in the middle of the garden. One is the tree of life, and the other is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the first scripture I want us to look at is Genesis chapter 2, 15 through 17. And it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And then I'm going to go ahead and read. Um, I didn't have them put up there. I'm going to read chapter 3 to you. This is part of chapter 3. It's a little longer. You can follow along. Um, 1 to 6. And it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Okay? So from that point out, we see Adam and Eve, and they fall. And from that point on, there becomes an increase in wickedness um, in the earth. Um, right away, Adam and Eve have two sons, um, Cain and Abel, and Cain kills his brother um, in a rage. Um, we see murder, and then things just get increasingly wicked. And it goes on, and we're going to jump to chapter 6, which I think we have that scripture for you guys. And this is going to be the backdrop for what we're going to talk about today. So I want you to keep this in the back of your mind. And it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. And that's the ESV version. And I'm just going to read you real quick from my NIV because I like it too. It says um, in, in verse 6, it says, The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. And then you move on and he says, I am grieved that I have made them. So I just want you to keep that in the back of your minds for a little bit. And so we're going to go back here. We're going to um, just talk about the definition of goodness. So we're going to look at that so we can understand what good is. I think that's a good place to start, a good place to start. Um, the definition of good is that which is morally right, um, whole, true, worthy, blameless, pure. It's the opposite of evil. Um, so goodness would be the quality of being good being right and true and honest um, and pure. But we use the word good every day. I probably did it 20 times already today. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Um, we say, it's all good, or what's good. Um, that was a good movie. Um, when people ask us how we are, we say good or well. If you're really proper, you say well. I still say good. Um, we say, as Christians, we say, God is good. Always. And all the time. Right, right. So that's a phrase we use, God is good. I have it on my shirt today. 
Um, it can become cliche unless we really understand what we are saying when we say that. Sometimes we say God is good when something we really wanted to happen happens, right? We feel like we get this blessing. We're like, God is good. God is good. But what happens, um, do, can we say that? Do we really believe that statement when something happens that we don't want to happen? Okay. So today I'm wearing this shirt that says God is good. Man, I also brought tissue. Who gave this to me? Hannah, Mia, good looking out. Uh, <laughs> these shirts were made in response to the words of our friend Dale Carmi. Um, after his daughter McKenna passed away suddenly this summer, at the age of 20 years old. In the wake of devastating loss, he said that. In fact, their entire family walked into church with these shirts on saying God is good, proclaiming what they believe. Um, that was incredible to me, uh, quite a witness. And it's a difficult question to ask ourselves, could I really say this if the very worst happened? Do I really believe in his goodness that God is indeed good. I'm wearing this because I believe it, and I've seen it. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. If you're struggling with this, if you're struggling to believe this, I believe that he will meet you in your doubt because he is a good father, and I'm praying that for you. I've been praying that for you today. And I believe what we need to understand is that the way to a true understanding of God's goodness and the fruit of the spirit of goodness is to understand the weight of sin and death and grief. So let me explain. Let's look at the definition of grieve. We looked at good, let's look at grieve, which was in that last passage that we read. Grieve means to feel pain of mind or heart, to be in pain on account of an evil or loss, to have sorrow or to mourn. The scripture we read said the Lord himself was grieved, and his heart was filled with pain. I think we can skirt over that, that scripture and not really get that. Like, he, he was hurt. He was in, in pain. Um, he felt pain over the price of sin, and it filled him with sorrow um, that the creation that he made, this good, very good gift that he made, was shattered. It comforts me to know that he felt that. It's, it comforts me very much so because this is a natural emotion. We are made in his image. It's a natural emotion to an unnatural thing. Um, so remember I told you why I thought I was here today to share on goodness uh, with you. So before I say anything else, I just want to say after I tell you these things, I don't want you to feel bad for me because I have never been alone one single minute. Like, God has been with me. And, and I know that the losses in my life and the people in my life are in safekeeping in his hands. So don't feel bad. But this is part of why I need to tell you. So ever since I was about 10 years old, um, my life has been marked by losses on and off. Um, starting early, early on, I experienced um, the loss of a lot of family members. Um, and I've, I felt recently, has anyone read The Scarlet Letter? And there's a, there's a lady in there, and her name's Hester Prynne, and she, they, they brand her uh, with an A because she commits adultery, and so then she's branded with this A um, so everybody can see. And so I have felt like, especially over the past year, that Satan is trying to brand me with a big G. Like, uh-oh, here she comes. She's wearing a big G uh, for grief. Um, 
so this past year, uh, some of you know our family. Um, our family's experienced a lot of loss, like at rapid fire. It's come, it's come quickly. Like I feel like we'd get up and then something else would happen. Um, my, my husband's sister, we watched her suffer for two years straight with leukemia, and she passed away last April. And then in October, my dad passed away suddenly on October 13th. I was here at work, and I got a call, and, and he was gone. And then our dog, my dog, my beloved little pet, uh, she passed away in February. And then my mom passed away in May. And so, and after that, there was Macy from Lake and there were multiple suicides and school shootings. And you guys feel me on this? Like, there was a lot, even if it's not me personally, there was a lot last year, a lot of grief, um, a lot of pain. And so, and then we had McKenna's death in June, and then Kyle Donaldson soon after. So it was a lot. So I am familiar with death more than I want to be. And it doesn't get easier. Um, it's, it's tough. Um, so... I stood um, beside my mom's bedside. I had the, the honor to be there with her um, when she, she went to heaven. And um, so I just have, the, I can go back to this moment over and over. And so when I was there, um, I clearly remember, uh, and you would think you wouldn't be able to, to think clearly, really, but I, I remember having two really clear thoughts. And the first one is, is she, she there, she passed away, and, and I thought, you know, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Like, I just felt this, like, this is so wrong. This, th I, like, almost like, it wasn't, uh, yeah, almost anger. Like, this is not how this is supposed to be. And then right away, my second thought, and we're all standing there, we can't do anything. You know, she's gone. And I thought to myself, there is no one that can do anything about this except for Christ. And like that moment, like, I've been walking with the Lord for about 20 years, but now, more than ever, I understand why Jesus came. And it's because I've felt grief. It's, it's pointing me to him and to his goodness. So, you might be thinking, where is she going with this? This is, this is depressing, but I need you to understand this. Um, so, I have a slide of a pumpkin. A broken pumpkin. So if you were here a couple weeks ago, I'm going to piggyback off of Ryan's story about a broken pumpkin. He told us a story, if you guys were here, about how his dad went and bought these pumpkins for his grandkids, for Ryan and Emily's kids. And he was so happy, and he brought them to their house, and he was so excited about it, and then someone came along and smashed them. Just so mean, so sad. So he told us about how angry his dad was and how he felt like wrath for whoever did that. Like, who could have done this? But then, this is the part I want you to get, but then his dad proceeded to try to put the pumpkins back together. Like, he tried to make it right. Like, how nice is that? So to me, that, I had that picture in my mind, like that is what goodness looks like. That's the heart of God, our Heavenly Father. It's putting the smashed pumpkin back together. Let's try to restore and make right what's wrong. We read how when God, we, we just read it, how when he created everything, it was good. And I just think about how much joy he must have had. Like on the seventh day when he rested, he's like sitting back like, this is so good. And he was so happy to do that for us. 
It was right. It was pure. Um, it, it, was, it was just good. And then soon after, Satan comes along. He, he tempts Eve. And then the pumpkin gets smashed, right? Everything that was good was suddenly marked by evil with cracks, irreparable cracks and separation. But I love that word. It means something good's coming, right? In his goodness, he made a way. He made a way to put creation back together and make it whole again. And that way is his son, Jesus Christ. I don't know if you're here for the first time today uh, with a friend. Um, Maybe you've been in church your whole life. But I pray today that this connects for you like it's connected for me. Um, The most beautiful picture of his goodness is the cross. And even before that, he was just showing his goodness over and over. I mean, I challenge you to re- read through your Bible, read through the Old Testament, and see um, all the stories of right away. Um, he says, I'm grieved, and you know what? I'm going to wipe creation out. But then in his goodness and mercy, he, he sees Noah, and he says, Noah, okay, like build this boat, put your family um, in it, put the animals in it, and he shut the door. That was good, right? And then later, he he's, has Abraham, and he's going to sacrifice his son, and, and it, he provides a ram in a thicket, like right at time, right on time. Good. And then he parts the Red Sea, and he brings the Israelites through, and he made a way, and he did something good. So he continually, like when you see this brokenness, you see his goodness, like right there. Like surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's like, okay, I'm walking into this brokenness, but goodness is right there following me. It's right with me. Um, so you often see his goodness and mercy go hand in hand in the Bible in a lot of scriptures. But he always does what is good and right all the time. And he does it not based on our behavior. Um, when we say God is good, and when we say that, we say as believers, no matter what evil and death I witness, I know this is not his intention. I think Satan likes to jump right on that, like in times of trouble and questioning. He does what he does to Eve. He says, you know, really? Did God say that? You know, and he gets you to question his goodness. It's difficult. Unless you get in the, the word of God and you get some people around you that can remind you of what's true and, and who God is, you can really slip down that slope. It's a slippery slope. It's a lot of S's. Um, But anyway, and go back to that story in Genesis. When you're starting to feel that way, you look back and you see it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. He is good. So when you get in those times of of doubt. But it was never his intention. His intention was for life and wholeness, um, communion, righteousness. Um, And that is what compelled him so much that he sent his very own son to die on the cross. So we talk about this all the time at church, and I'm just praying today like, that you will un- leave with an understanding. That is my heart for you today. Like When I was standing back there and I see you, I, just, I want you to know this. Th- this is the most important thing that you can take today, is that Jesus loves you and he came to die for you because God is good. And he's restoring this brokenness through his son. John 3, 16. You've heard it, some of you, since you were little. 
that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And if you believe in him, you're not going to die. You might, you're going to die here, but you will have eternal life. So what does it look like for us? If you are in Christ, you have his Holy Spirit, you have that fruit of the Spirit. What does it look like for us um, to display this goodness characteristic in our lives? We do good, right? We do what is morally right. We do things that remind the world of the way it was supposed to be, okay, the way God intended it for it to be. And we do that even when it's hard. Just ask your parents what it's like to do something good for your kids, it, it disciplining them even. Like, it's tough. It's not easy. But you know it's good and it's right. So you're going to get in situations like that. It might come at a cost to you. I mean, it grieved the Lord to, to give us that goodness. Um, so let me share a few scriptures with you that tell us um, there are so many in the Bible. If you go through, do a word study on good, on goodness, um, you can find some. But here's just a few. Um, the first one is Micah 6, 8. And it says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So to love mercy, you show compassion to others, even if it's in your power to harm them. Um, and to love, that's, to act justly is to be fair. To love mercy is to show compassion and to walk humbly with your God. You think of yourself less than you think of others. Right? Yes, you think of others more than you think of yourself. <laughs> but don't think, you don't need to think less of yourself. You think of yourself less. Make sense? Uh, the next one is 1 Peter 2.12. And it says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, um, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So live out that goodness in, in front of unbelievers. Um, in 1 Peter 3.17, says, for it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right and good rather than for doing what is wrong. The NIV uses the word good. And then Luke 6, 27 through 28, this is Jesus talking, and he says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. So when we display goodness in our lives, we reflect the true heart and intention of God towards his creation. He desires this world to be morally right, whole, and well. Until he returns, our mission, Pastor Mike was talking about today, is to snatch others from the fire. It should be to give people a glimpse of what that whole life looks like. We share goodness. When we do something that feels like we're helping mend brokenness, we allow people to feel the hope of heaven here on earth, and we make ourselves and others understand this is how it was supposed to be. When we hug someone who is hurting, when we send a card, when we make a meal, um, pick up litter off the ground, um, respect his creation, when you sit around a table with friends, um, when you feed the homeless, you fight for freedom from addiction, you say, I'm sorry, um, extend a hand to help, clean up a mess, um, listen, share truth, that is goodness. 
It's living out the gospel. The gospel is good news. Sounds very close to goodness, doesn't it? It's amazing to me that he gives us, when we are saved, he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. Adam and Eve wanted fruit. When they disobeyed and ate that fruit, there was sin. And that sin brought the law. And because God is holy, there had to be a payment for that sin. But now he tells his children, if you are in Christ and you have my spirit, I paid for your sin and I'm going to give you fruit. He gives us fruit. It's not forbidden fruit. He gives us fruit. And he says, and with this fruit, there's no law. And that's freeing. And not just that, if you read in John 15, um, he tells us how to do this and how to bear fruit. We'll bear fruit, fruit that will last and that won't die. He tells us how to abide in him and bear fruit. So when we live out goodness, we reflect what God originally intended. I just want you to get that point. And we help people feel God putting the pumpkin back together. I love what Jesus says at the end of Revelation. We're going to get there soon in the big room. Um, he says, behold, this is right after he talks about the new heaven and the new earth. He says, behold, I, I am making all things new. He is the repairer of broken world, and because of him, we can live in this world. And if the sting of sin and death makes us feel like we're wearing a big G, it's not just going to stand for grief. It's going to stand for God's goodness. <clears throat> Yes, we are in a state of grief until he returns because stuff is broken. But we are also in a state of goodness because his spirit lives in us and we can reflect that goodness to the world. So I would like to challenge you guys how you can show goodness this week to the broken world. Do something. I'm sure there's even someone that comes to mind that you can do something for who needs reminded of how things were supposed to be. Share the good news. Live it out. Do good for goodness sake. And do good for good news sake. I have a slide that I picked out here, and it's kind of cheesy. But I feel like it really like, shows the point of what I'm trying to tell you. So where's my pumpkin? I dare you to carve a pumpkin like that this year. It was awesome. So I, ju I just love that picture of wholeness. And so if you, if you are not yet in Christ, first of all, I want to tell you that God loves you. There's somebody in here that doesn't know him. And I want you to know that God loves you so much. But that other side, that broken pumpkin, you may be able to piece some things together in your life, but it will never be fully whole until you understand that he died for you and he wants you to believe in that. So the way to redemption is through Christ. He is offering his goodness to you. Again, when we, when we grieve over death or our own personal sin, we truly understand the heartbeat of God, what he intended when he made this world and the goodness of our salvation through Christ. That feeling, in fact, if you are grieving and you feel soul sick and sad over your sin, the sin of this world or the loss of someone you love, you are literally feeling 
the pain and sorrow God feels over it. Now, you know, I'm, I've spoken a lot over, over death and, and that feeling that like, I can't fix this feeling, you know, that you have and how it, you know, it should point you to heaven, to that longing for heaven. But I want you to think of this as it, it relates to grief over sin. Like, if, if you have something in your life, and we all do, like when we sin, when we hurt someone, and we immediately feel this, like, sickness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel, you feel really icky. Like, that, that's a gift. Like, that is the, the heartbeat of God over sin. If you are, if you are drinking on Friday nights, or you doing thing that something that's not good for you, or if you're looking at things that aren't good for you, and you know that there, there's a feeling that you have that is sickening, it's grieving you, it's causing you pain of mind and heart, it's bringing you sorrow. That is what you are feeling, what God feels, and that is what helps us understand this the goodness of God, and why it was so serious, like why he, he sent his son. One of the beautiful stories that we heard um, after McKenna Carmi passed away was how she loved to do good to others. She told her mom, and I have a bracelet on here, if not me, who? What, what an awesome question. What a question to ask ourselves today in regards to goodness. The second way I'd like you to look at McKenna's question, it relates back to the second thought I had after my mom passed away. Last week in service, I had this on, and I was looking at it. Um, and over the past few weeks, if you've been in the big room, we've been through Revelation, and, and there's been some hard things, like, the, like a lot of death, a lot of hard, dark things. And, and I thought, wow. Um, I looked at this, and it was like Jesus was saying it to me. If not me... Who? If not me, who? I just think of that with, that with my mom as we were standing there. As no one else can do, none of us have the, the power to do anything about this. But if not him, who? Okay? So, who else can save? Who else can make our lives good and right with God once again and show the world that same goodness? The answer is no one. There is no other name by which men are saved but Jesus. This is about understanding the heart and the goodness of God. And when you understand it, it will help you live it out. You'll understand why he sent his own son, the greatest act of goodness. You know, we, until we get that or when we get that, um, we'll be motivated for the right reasons to do good things, too. Our reason to act in goodness is to show people the heart of God towards them and help them see this is the way it was supposed to be, and God is good and he loves you. Goodness doesn't point to us. It points to him. He could have wiped us out after Adam and Eve's disobedience and the increase of wickedness he saw, but instead his grief stirred his love and goodness. He told Noah to build a big wooden structure called an ark. Um, he got on it. The door was shut. Then later, he sent his son on a big wooden cross. And again, the door to death was shut. But the door to heaven was open for us. 
he made a way for eternal life and for things to be made new again. The old is gone and the new has come. If you believe in Christ, the, the word says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Just like the beginning, he's new. The old is gone and the new has come. I love that scripture. This is where your old life ends and your new life begins. It won't be a perfect, pain-free life. I can testify to that. Jesus lived a perfect life, and it was full of pain. But you will be secured. So I told you, don't feel bad for me, because I am secured. And you will be secured and tethered by his goodness, and it will flow out of you through his spirit when you understand this. His arms are open wide. Talk to Ryan about this. Talk to your parents, your friends who know Jesus, your leaders. Talk to me. And we'd love to pray with you and walk you to the throne of grace. Now, I want you to, to leave with a couple things. Fill in the blank for yourself. Even if, blank, he is still good. Okay? Just think about that. Even if, maybe it's your, your, your worst fear, he is still good. If you don't make the sports team, he's still good. If your friend betrays you, he is still good. If you lose a loved one, multiple loved ones, he is still good. If someone talks bad about you, he's still good. If you get a bad health diagnosis, he's still good. If you're fighting anxiety and depression, he is still good. If you feel like you can't get a break, he is still good. And you, if you are in Christ, you carry that goodness like a torch inside of you. Okay? It will carry you through. And it's meant to be passed on. Goodness brings hope to brokenness. God is good. And we can live out his goodness. We can live out his good news. And if not us, then who will do good? And if he is not good, then who? You pray with me. God, I love you. You are good. You are the alpha and the omega. You were good. You've always been good. You're still good, no matter what. And I pray for the students, the adults in this room, Lord, that that goodness would burn bright in them like a torch to carry them through, that it would be an anchor for them, Lord, when they doubt, when things aren't going great, when things are going great, Lord, that they just proclaim your goodness. I pray for those that don't know you yet. They don't know this. They don't have this goodness yet. I pray that they would leave with it today, that they wouldn't wait one more day and doing this on their own, alone. They're not meant for it. I thank you for how you are redeeming things in my life, in this world, and how someday there's not going to be any more grief. No more tears, no more suffering, just goodness, your goodness, and we're going to be with you.
And I thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is the one who made the way. We love you, and we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys stand and sing with us?